0: Pastor Xavier Rees says, without Christ, a victorious Christian life is impossible. With him, it's guaranteed.
1: Grace is synonymous with the gospel, the unmerited favor for salvation. Grace that had made them spiritually alive rather than leaving them spiritually dead. Grace that had forgiven their sins rather than being judged for their sins. Grace that enabled them to see themselves as lost and respond to salvation. Grace that accepted them in the beloved son
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Pastor Xavier, you're here to provide some background for a new series starting today of 1 Corinthians. And this first study you've titled, Paul, the Loving Shepherd. An interesting choice because I've heard you describe this book as one of confrontation.
1: That's right, and the book to Corinthians is a confrontation in terms that The Corinthians were very, very carnal. But on the other perspective, Paul is demonstrated as a very loving shepherd because he holds these individuals accountable. He's not just going along with the program. In fact, 1 Corinthians deals with some very critical issues. He um, begins by confronting them with their divisions that are going on. He deals with a very straight declaration that they are carnal, even though they are blessed with all kinds of gifts. They are abusing the gifts. They have problems with me's. They're going to uh, visit prostitutes in the temples. Got a young man that's sleeping with his stepmother and the church is praising him, not even uh, booting him or confronting him in the church. And so Paul really fulfills what the proverb says, faithful the wounds of a friend. But deceit for the kisses of the enemy. There are times when we have to confront. Galatians is very clear that we're to do that in the spirit of love, the way we would want to be confronted. But we have to confront. And as you know, if you know the history behind the Corinthian church in the second letter. There was a positive response. They repented and and, um, and and they were joined back in fellowship with Paul. And so from my perspective, Paul is just an incredible shepherd because he always loves the sheep by dealing with truth regarding the word of God or their condition. And this is exactly what a shepherd does. He must never allow the people to set the agenda nor the world. But he follows the agenda of the scriptures and the duty of a shepherd. His motive is love, and certainly 1 Corinthians 13 is the heart behind everything he's saying. He loves the Corinthians. Now, we expect the same of you. Respond to us. If the Word is ministering to you, let us know. And we welcome all your comments, and we want to make sure that we're being good stewards of God's finances, of His time, and of the direction that He's leading us. So, may the Lord bless you in these studies, and we look forward to hearing from you. Aaron, why don't you tell them how they can get in contact with us? All
0: right. Well, we have an email address for just such comments. It's simpletruths at ccpas.com. That's one word, simpletruths at ccpas.com. And, of course, our street address is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And I'll have those again at the close of the program, as well as the details of how you can get a copy of the message today. But right now, we want to get right into our study, Paul, the Loving Shepherd.
1: A father at times has to confront his children in a very strong way. But when he does so, he doesn't remind them of who they are. They are his children. He loves them. That's why he confronts them. Such was the case with Paul's introduction to the Corinthians here. He has a loving concern, and he's expressing his genuine love for the Corinthians and hope, even as he's going to confront them for their faults and their failures throughout the letter. Faith for the wounds of a friend, deceit for the kisses of the enemy. They had culturalized the church, rather than allowing the work of the Spirit and the Word of God to transform them. What a classic picture of today's church. Christianity has been culturalized. By the seeker friendly church. By the emergent church. Being prideful rather than humble. That was the Corinthians. Living to impress and to be impressed. Living worldly rather than heavenly. Carnal rather than spiritually. The Corinthians liked the hobnob. They brought the world into the church. Like today. So many churches are run by... CEOs rather than pastors, like corporations rather than the Church of Jesus Christ, the organism, by marketing, methodologies, rather than seeking the Lord and praying that God bring and do the work. Wow, what a timely epistle! What a picture of the church today. Paul's loving concern for the Corinthians is evident through three things in his introduction here. Verse 1 through 9, let me read. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God, and Sosthenes, our brother, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all who are in every place, call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, both theirs and ours. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God, which was given to you by Christ Jesus that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. So that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And so Paul's loving concern for the Corinthians is evident by three things in this opening introduction. First, you have the salutation to the Corinthians, verse 1 through 3. Secondly, you have the appreciation of the Corinthians, 4 through 6. And thirdly, the affirmation of the Corinthians, 7 through 9. The salutation to the Corinthians begins here, verse 1 through 3. Notice in verse 1. The Apostle Paul identified himself as the writer, Paul. People go to get their PhDs and say, well, we don't know who wrote Corinthians. Read Corinthians, Paul. <laughs> Paul was called an apostle of Jesus Christ in verse 1. It means one sent out, a messenger representative. You might equivalent it to a missionary. They're sent out. In fact, Jesus called Paul. An apostle to the Gentiles in Romans eleven thirteen and and many other portions. Galatians he calls himself. Paul never met the requirement of the 12th apostle. He wasn't with Jesus from his baptism of John. Though he did see him in the resurrection. If you read the book of Acts, the first 6-7 chapters, you'll read after the choosing of Matthias. It says the 12. Paul was not the 12. The 12 were accepted. Paul didn't get saved to chapter 9. So the Bible... Is very clear about who Paul is. He's distinct from the twelve. Now notice the call of Paul as an apostle was through the will of God. Paul did not strive to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. In fact, he was persecuting the Christian church, as you know. You can see why Paul says I was least of the apostles. The title of apostle is found in nine of the introductions of Paul's epistles. They're all in the first verse or the second verse, usually the first verse. Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians, 1st, 2nd Timothy, and Titus. Paul, an apostle. One with authority from heaven, not his own. Now notice, still in verse 1, Paul named his companion now, Sosthenes. He calls him a brother, Adelphus in Christ, born again, the same family. He was one with Paul regarding the content of the letter in full agreement it was going to be a a very difficult task confronting the Corinthians. Both motivated by their love for the Corinthians, ready to communicate the correction and the instruction that had to be made. Always difficult, but needful. Notice in verse 2, the Apostle Paul identified the recipients to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all who in every place call in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. A local church, the church of God at Corinth, who met at home, was only one small part of the entire universal church of God. There was a church of Philippi, Thessalonica, Berea. We are the church of God in Pasadena. One of many. But not everybody who says they're a church are the church of God. You understand me? Only as you agree and line up with the scriptures. Now they were the church, Ecclesia, at Corinth, called out of the world from sin and darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son, Colossians tells us 1.13. This should characterize you and I in this congregation, that our life is totally different. Different as night and day. Notice in verse 2, Paul addressed those who were sanctified in Christ Jesus. The word sanctified, as you know, means to be set apart. Not simply to be used, though this is certainly true. I am God's instrument. But it's that he is my owner. I'm owned by him. I'm set apart for him. The perfect participle is here, a past act, and it's present and continuous result. He's identifying the Corinthians, even though they're carnal right now, okay? Okay. He has is, he is encouraged them to come back to what God had done. God's calls comes with the enablement. All his callings. 2 Peter 1, 3 through 3-4. He's given to us everything pertaining to life and godliness to escape the corruption of the world. So if he calls you, he enables you. Real simple. And Paul included in his address all others who call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Notice that. With all who are in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. So no person is excluded, rejected, or favored by God, be they Jew or Gentile. The word all. All means all. No place is neglected or passed up in every place. God sends his missionaries, the gospel, throughout the earth. No one will be excluded. No one is forced to be saved. They must exercise their free will. Who call? God doesn't force you to go to heaven. No other name can save a person, only the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Three times the name of Jesus and the titles have appeared in the first two verses. Paul is bringing them back to Christ, being Christ centered. Not self-centered. Spiritual. Not carnal. Theirs refers to the saints in Corinth. In every place. And ours refers to Sosthenes and Paul. They're in the same family. The church of God. They're in Ephesus. They're at Corinth. Look at verse 3. The apostle Paul indicated their regards Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul proclaimed on them the grace of God. Grace is unmerited, favor undeserved, as you know. A gift uh, that God has empowered. And it's the normal Greek greeting. This is grace for their ongoing lives in Christ. Not salvation. They're saved. Paul proclaimed on them the peace of God. Learn the order. Grace always comes first. The result of grace is peace. Alright? It's real simple. And peace here is Irene. And it means to join together corresponding to the Hebrew shalom. You have the usual Greek and Hebrew greeting joined together. But peace is a result of grace. The word has the idea of putting back something that has previously broken or separated. You get the name Irene from it. This peace is the peace of God for the difficult times in life. Not the peace with God when we're justified in Romans 5.1. They're already saved. This piece surpasses all understanding when we're going through trials, tribulations. We're asking God to direct and guide us with our marriages, with our children, with our finances, with our decisions. Paul proclaimed that both of these virtues come through, notice, God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. They are co equal in deity, both together. They're co labors in the work of salvation. They are two distinct persons of the Godhead. The third person will be the Holy Spirit that he's going to get into pretty soon. All three of them are all over this letter. One day Jesus answered the lawyer, if you remember, about who was his neighbor. And he declared the parable of the good Samaritan. And whose loving concern that Samaritan was very evident, not only in actions... And not only just in word, but in actions indeed, in and actions again. As he took that man, consoled him, helped him, put him in an inn, then told the innkeeper, says, listen, if there's any other cost, when I come back, I'll repay you. Wow. This was Paul's love for the Corinthians. Later on in the second epistle, he says, the children are not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children. The only thing is, the more I love you, the less I be loved. Wow. Put that in your heart as a Christian and as a parent. All right. So you don't get blown away. That's just the rule of life. Do you remember who preached the gospel to you? When you got saved. The location where you heard the gospel. The circumstance of your life when you got saved. I hope you never forget that. Because there was a divide that day. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 17 says. People do not get saved by contemplating their neighbor, But by the gospel. We preach the gospel. We make no apologies for the gospel. We believe the gospel can save anybody. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 2 Peter 3.9 Paul's loving concern was evident in the salutation to the Corinthians. He loved them. Notice secondly, comes the appreciation of the Corinthians Four through six. In verse four, the apostle Paul communicated that he thanked God for them on an ongoing basis. I thank my God always concerning you. Paul thanked God for the Corinthians. The posture of Paul was gratitude. Man, that's what's lacking in so many places today, especially our nation. But even in the church, everybody feels entitled. You deserve. You all me. What? It's, it, it's 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 it's. It's joy to somebody say, Thank you very much. I appreciate what you did. Wow. Oh, it's okay. Graciousness. Wow. The word thanks means to be grateful. In the present tense, it appears five other times in the letter. He did so, realizing the miracle of their salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. You have to be thankful when you look to the life of people. First of all, yourself, But God would save you, <laughs> then others. The practice of Paul was always, notice, It means at all times. Now, this does not mean that he was doing it every minute, every hour, every day of the year or whatever. But whenever he prayed to God and whenever they came into his thoughts, that's what he's talking about. Paul thanked God for the Corinthians by a personal relationship and experience. Notice that. Don't miss that. He says, my God. He had a personal relationship with the living God. There's the key. He had a personal relationship with the Corinthians. We'll see it throughout Chapter 4, 7, all of them. He says, am I not your father? Am I not, you know, did I not preach Christ? He's the one that started the church. He calls the Corinthians brethren 27 times in the letter. The epistles of Paul reveal that he was a man of prayer, if you read them. For God's guises and direction always. For others To minister to them. When, how, who. For all the churches that he planted, all the cares that came upon him, he said, daily. Incredible man. Notice verse 4. The apostle Paul thanked God for the grace he bestowed on them. For the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus. Grace is synonymous with the gospel, the unmerited favor for salvation. Grace that had made them spiritually alive rather than leaving them spiritually dead. Grace that had forgiven their sins rather than being judged for their sins. Grace that enabled them to see themselves as lost and respond to salvation. Grace that accepted them in the beloved son. Grace that only comes through and by Jesus Christ. This is the fifth mention in four verses. Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus, Lord combinations. The tense is the errors, past of having been given. He brings them back to the past. Remember, he responded to the gospel. Look at five. The Apostle Paul thanked God for their wealth. Through grace. That you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and in all knowledge. So Paul stated they were made instantly rich in everything. Everything encompasses all in the sphere of the spiritual realm. The word enriched means to make wealthy in the spiritual realm. Now there's a whole section of the church that teaches that you are God's child, so it's your divine right to be. Wealthy as well as healthy, and it's now you nab it and grab it, name it and claim it. What a corruption of the scriptures! Poor Jesus, he didn't know he was rich, he had to borrow a tomb as well as a coin to give a teaching on taxes. What an insult to the gospel! Literally, you were in rich, indicative eras passive when they were saved. Notice then, Paul stated. They were enriched in two things. First, all utterance, which encompasses thought, words, and discourse regarding the things of God. This is the first of 15 times it appears in the letter. The Corinthians were puffed up. They were orators. They loved. They looked like the Athenians. And the Corinthians were in competition. And, And as all this. You know, people are impressed. Silver tongue. Really. The problem with silver tongue is usually they have no content or truth. They just know how to speak and they impress people, but they have no character. All knowledge, gnosis, which is information and understanding about the things of God. So they had culturalized the church. They brought the world into the church. This is what today is going on. A seeker friendly church. Are trying to change the nature of the church into an organization rather than an organism. Looking to their degrees, to their corporate principle, rather than the word, the power of God's spirit, and the will of God. Notice in six, the Apostle Paul thanked God for his personal witness of their saved lives, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. Paul declared they had given a testimony of Christ, the gospel. The word testimony, marturion, means to be a witness regarding Christ in them. In them, don't miss that. The phrase even as looks back to verse five, as the outcome of their salvation indicated in verse six. Paul declared their testimony of Christ was confirmed in them, in all utterance, all knowledge, what God had promised through the gospel. He had done. You understand? Paul saw the miracle and transformation from a debauched life to a life of devotion to Jesus Christ in each of those Corinthians. He reminds them of who they are. How I give thanks to God for His grace imparted to so many people that would otherwise have perished, beginning with myself. How I thank God. For saving my father, my mother, my brother, my sisters, and you. Otherwise, we'd be lost. We would be eternally separated from God. Wow. One of the evidence of spirit filled life is thanksgiving. David in Psalm 116 17 said, I will offer to you. Speaking to God, the sacrifice of thanksgiving, and I will call upon the name of the Lord Yahweh. Thankful. Every time I come here behind the pulpit and I see God bring people, people get saved, people grow. God uses them I'm like oh Lord, you're so good. Because I know it's not me. God's so good. First Thessalonians three nine says, For what thanks can we render to God for you for all the joy with which we rejoice for your sake before our God? Every time you see somebody get saved, you see people walking with the Lord, their lives are going great, they're being great husbands, wives, children, they're working through things. Man, how thankful we are to God for you. Paul's loving concern was evident in the appreciation of the Corinthians.
0: Pastor Xavier Reese, drawing to a close the first portion of a message titled, Paul, the Loving Shepherd by encouraging us how the grace and peace from the Heavenly Father and Son are what we are sent out to share with others as well. Now, if you'd like to share a copy of today's study with someone you know, or perhaps get a copy for yourself to catch up on what you may have missed, it's available on CD for just $4. The title to ask for once again is, Paul, the Loving Shepherd. Or simply mention today's date when you write, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it's important that you include the call letters of this station when you contact us and use that address to send along any comments of our program to Pastor Xavier as well. Or email your remarks to simpletruths at ccpas.com. More of Paul's example of loving concern for the saints when you join Pastor Xavier Reese on the next edition of Simple Truths.